autistic people have a specific skill that we're born with and that we like to keep and it's a gift like when you think about it you know it's a, it's a superpower something we can use to you know make the world a better place this is the reclaiming your voice podcast and i am your host vernisa williams if you struggle with low self-worth and fear desire to discover god reclaim your voice and live your core values you are in the right place because in this space we believe that honoring your needs and discovering your values and core values will begin your journey towards healing and reclaiming your voice as we continue ryv story time today you will hear from julie lavia her story is one of bravery discovery and resiliency julie shares how she is reclaiming her voice living with a disability and how she is empowering others to reclaim their voice, no matter the obstacle. Get ready to lean in. Welcome to the Reclaiming Your Voice podcast, Julie. Thanks, Veronica. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here to share with you and to kick it with you and have a great conversation. So my name is Julie Lavia, for those who don't know me. I started off as a virtual assistant. I wanted to find something to do online and start a business. And uh, so right now, working as a, I started as a VA, I realized, you know, I think I'm more into coaching and to teaching. So I'm kind of shifting as a blog coach or a blog mentor. I teach business owners how to use their blog in their business, how to grow their business, monetizing, and how to use blogging for their visibility. Also, on top of that, I develop a platform for women to find their voice and to use their voice. People like me are introverted and sometimes it's not always easy to express ourselves. Okay. What started you with going into the online space? When I realized my purpose that I want to teach people and I want to help other women evolve into their better version of themselves, I was somebody that went through a lot of adversity when I was very young, uh, dealing with autism, but was masking it from people because one, I didn't really know about it Two, I wasn't ready to fully embrace it and Three, it was just a matter of if the people find out this out about me, they're going to think I'm weird and isolate themselves from me more and more. So um, I think this is what really helped me figure out this is something that I want to do because it's no point in isolating people and making them feel alone. We're just clearly different and we don't have the same views. So I was very introverted and I was trying to figure out how to get through school, how to survive through my lessons, being so isolated and people bullying me. I still have to try to keep up with doing well in school. Yeah. Regarding your business, who's your focused client that you work with? It's definitely introverted females who are in small businesses they can be extroverted as well but i try to focus more on people who are more introverted because like i said i understand what that's like who also want to do pr marketing i want to launch my own podcast i want to have a magazine i want to bring awareness out for everybody to understand when you have autism when you have some sort of disability and you're hiding it from people because you don't want to feel that shame i was trying to pretend to be the good kid and the quiet kid because you had to fake it till you make it kind of thing to just so you could fit in so it was a challenge at times you know at school I had to pretend to be perfect but at home I was able to unleash and obviously my parents saw some symptoms which is spacing out into your own world or stimming which is like rocking back and forth because you're trying to regulate your emotions and you're trying to regulate yourself or you go off in your own world people with autism they have a very vivid imagination so sometimes we start imagining a scenario in our head and we just go off in our own world and we do ritual behaviors and now I'm openly able to talk about it so I'm curious, 
About what age did your parents start noticing unique behaviors in your development? From what I understood, my mom was saying she did notice, like, I think three years old, that there were some kind of behavioral rituals that I would do, but she didn't really think anything of it. And I think she did ask people around her, like, do you notice this? Do you notice these things? And then I think people are, I guess you have to understand too, like, in that time, because I was born in like the... I would say the early 80s, like it was still very taboo and there was still a lot of lack of resources around like disabilities. Also coming from like a, a culture or especially certain cultures, they weren't exposed to that kind of thing. So like a lot of people were not very knowledgeable when it came to something like that. Maybe now it's very more open and more talked about, but now at that time it was just like, it was hidden in the dark, you know? But like I said, I hid that from like everybody else. I don't know how I managed to, but it was kind of like two different personalities, you know what I mean? And it sucked because when you're somebody who's dealing with autism, like social skills are like very, very, um, it, it affects your social skills. You don't know how to make eye contact. You don't know how to talk to people. You just want to be by yourself because your social battery runs out really quickly. At home, I was able to be more myself. And if I wanted to be by my room, be in my room by myself, just like, spaced off in my own world just to disconnect and be out of touch with reality so I didn't have to think about what the stuff that was going on during the day like the, the bullying from kids because there was like one particular kid that was um in the third grade and he was he took over the he was like the class clown but he was kind of like oh you know if you're different like we don't want to have anything to do with you and then he got the whole class kind of revved up at one point to not talk to me I mean there were other kids that didn't really follow into his little club or whatever you want to call it or his state of mind but it was tough to deal with that because you felt like you were isolated and people would just treat you like some kind of piece of garbage you know thank goodness you were able to go home and have that place of safety yeah I didn't think of it then, you know, I was just thinking, oh, I'm just being myself. But then when you really think about it, when I just mentioned that it was like a way to disconnect and be off in my own world, in my own little happy place, because I wasn't happy in school. Kids don't know any better. They're ignorant or they don't know any better. But you know what right and wrong is, you know what I mean? So what is your cultural background? My parents are West Indian, so they come from St. Vincent. Not saying blame the culture kind of thing, but at the same time, we've come so far. I've even spoken to other people who come from pretty cultures and they've said the same thing. Like it was all very hush hush. It was a way of life that you dealt with. That's who she is. That's how he is. You know, they have to treat him a little differently and whatnot, then fine. But it was never like seeking for help. And let's try to get to the bottom of this and the lack of resources to the it wasn't autism and ADHD and uh, all those other disabilities. I think now, only in recent years, people are doing a lot more research. A lot of factors play into it. I'm happy to have a platform and talk about it right now. It's amazing how you are using an unfortunate upbringing to give back and to help other people. You have two options. You can learn from it and try to give back, or you can go the, the more destructive route. And what other kids are doing right now is just not speaking, not sharing their voice with an older person to tell them, about, tell them what is going on. As a result of that, we have school shootings, we have suicide. And when I hear that, it breaks my heart. It devastates me because this is just something temporary that we have to go through. I mean, we don't understand it at the time, but then if you learn to find ways to deal with it and surpass that, then you can use that adversity and turn it into a purpose so that's why instead of just being angry and bitter all the time I figured this is like a healing process for me to go on podcasts and to use PR marketing to get my voice out there and say well hey you know 
me too, I'm going through this and I want to use it to make positive impact. I know when we begin to stand up for ourselves, we absolutely help other people to stand up for themselves too. Um, we are the leaders. We are the leaders of change. Our stories empower people to start making change for themselves. I honor you and I'm grateful that you made the decision to be a part of that. Thank you. Uh, especially if I want to continue in this world, you know, they tell you go to therapy. I did go to therapy and it did help me a little bit in terms of anxiety, but I really had to start at some point to embrace this is who I really am. And why do I have to keep masking this disability? Why do I have to pretend to be something that I'm not? You know, this has been something that's been a part of my life for so long. But if I didn't have this, maybe I wouldn't have been who I, who I am today. So there had to be some underlying purpose as to why I was, you know, why I had this disability and how can I use it to help other people? How did your parents support impact you? Well, they just allowed me to be myself. They could have just shunned me and be like, oh, something is wrong with her. We got to take her to doctors. We got to fill her up on medication. We got to put her in some kind of institution. But obviously I wasn't that bad. So I have high functioning autism or Asperger's syndrome. I'm somewhere on the spectrum. It's sad to say that there are some families that do that. When their child has a disability, they run off or they don't want to have anything to do with them. They don't want to help them. So at least my family was there for me to support me and allow me to be myself, even though they weren't big on like uh, giving me medication or trying to investigate the problem. But me now, I'm hoping that like in the next year, I could really sit down and find a diagnosis for myself because I know there's something that is there. So anyway, just going back to what you're saying, like... They always treated me like a part of the family, regardless of what I was going through. So I think that kind of helped grounded me and made me a stronger person too. You know what I mean? I could have like, say, forget it, forget the world and let me get out of here. But I know something kept me grounded. And I would have to say my mother, especially because she was the one, you know, she was my voice when I wasn't, when I didn't have a voice. So it's, it, there's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to have gratitude for, for sure. So for people who are not completely uh, knowledgeable on autism, it's an intellectual disability. And one of the main things is it affects your social skills. So there's a lot of different spectrums. There's Asperger's and there's high functioning autism. There's low functioning autism. There's nonverbal autism. So um, like I said, social skills, it makes you perform these ritual behaviors, when it, what they call a stimming. So like if you're flapping your arms or if you're talking to yourself, if you're repeating speech, it's just so much that goes into it. So, so that somebody like me is very smart, high functioning autism. I could still function in a society. My memory is extremely sharp, but there's still those little um, traits that uh, point to autism. You know what I mean? There's so many different uh Spectrum saw autism, so it's a matter of just like looking it up. Stereotypes that like we're not intelligent or like um, we're weird and we don't belong in society. Uh, but sometimes we're even smarter than the average person because our memory is very exceptional. We can remember movies, movie lines, movie scripts. We could, we have our long-term memory, like can remember so much things. I probably still remember things that I did as a kid, like from 20, 30 years ago. I've worked with two students that had autism. One, he was still in grade school. My oldest child that I work with, she was 17 going on 18. And a supervisor was asking me about how my client doing. And I said something that th threw him off a little bit. I said to him, autism is a gift. Yes. 
There and you go. He looked at me weird. One of my clients that I had, he was really good with math. That boy was brilliant. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I don't even know why that even left my mind. But yeah, we are gifted. We have a certain type of gift and we kind of stick to it. But going back to what you're saying about math, like that, somebody like me who's got some autism, math was something that I struggled with. And I, I mean, I, I maybe elementary school, like I, uh, the math was great, but actually not even. I would say maybe up until grade two, grade three, that's when after that I started struggling after that. So math was not my forte, but I would say art was my forte. That was something also that got me kind of like that lit me up and that was something that got me through and that I think that also gave me more much more respect with the kids too I was able to express my thoughts and to express my energy into my art so that was something that uh, kept me sane too <laughs> so yeah we all uh, autism autistic people have a specific skill that we're born with and that we like to keep and it and it's true like we are that we, it's a gift like when you think about it you know it's a, it's a superpower something we can use to mm. you know make the world a better place and and whatnot so yeah speaking of superpower how do you think you are using your superpower for your black coach mentorship program mm, that's a good question um I just think also something like writing was also something that I started to develop a passion with over the years. So um, creativity, just being able to write out my thoughts and my feelings and just being able to take information and absorb it in my own words and then being able to write and like to educate people. So I guess that's also something that's a superpower of mine, like being able to read something, have a really great memory and able to regurgitate that information back to somebody else. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. <laughs> it's very inspiring. Is there anything else that you would like to share regarding your story? I'm also somebody that had gone through another type of adversity. I went through early coronary artery disease and as a result of a very stressful and toxic environment. I'm not to say that's completely to blame, but when we did do a diagnosis later, it was something that I was born with. I had narrowed arteries and it affected my breathing and it gave me high blood pressure. And also to the point where I had a small angina attack and it had me hospitalized. I was able to get that fixed, thankfully, but that was also another life-changing experience to avoid toxicity and stand up for yourself and have a voice and if something is not right or the environment is not good for you you have to get out of it and don't just stay into it just because you need the money or because you want to please people so um, that's another aspect of my story that made me who I am today as well wow you are an overcomer you knew you had to work on yourself accept who you are, and then figure out how to give that to others. So inspiring. Um, yeah. You mentioned having a podcast and some other things that you are looking forward to doing in the future. You want to share that? Well, I could share a little bit. The podcast, I'm going to have to start recording and getting it launched. I'm hoping to get it launched in mid-November, and I'd love to have you as a guest and share your testament as well. I'm also co-author of a book called The Rising Sisterhood, which is going to be available in Amazon, I think, mid-November as well, where I get to share a piece of my story in a chapter. So I'm getting my message out. I'm hoping to launch my own magazine, but I did submit an article to an up-and-coming magazine called Press by Royalty. I have an article there as well talking about like my life, my struggles with autism, and how am I dealing with it. I'm just trying to be on a roll, trying to get the message out and trying to inspire other people. So <laughs> right and now that's are, where it's at. 
Yeah, Thank you. you are really doing that. You're doing just that. I have a question to ask you that I ask all of my visitors that's going to come on for this season. What core value have guided you on your journey to reclaim your voice? Well, I would definitely say one of them has to be God, believing in the Almighty, believing that he's going to get me through. Because there are times when I'm just like, I can't. There were times where I'm just like, why is this happening to me? I can't deal with this. And praying to God and having a relationship with God to have him guide me. And I think if had it not been for him, I think he's the one who slowly led me into the space. It feels like now, okay, I might have a purpose. I'm not just going through this just to go through this. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. So having faith and just trying to stay positive and just showing gratitude that, okay, I was able to go through this and like some positivity there and still having my family. Family values is definitely important. Values and resiliency for sure. It's all about self-love at the end of the day. Yes, yes it is. How can my listeners reach out to you? I'll be doing a lot more posting on uh, Instagram. So you could follow me at, uh, at juliechristina underscore VA. I have a website right now called thevirtualstarletservices.com and then I'm going to be launching Julie Christina Creates because I'm shifting my business. I will definitely send you that information. But right now, Instagram is the place if you want to get in touch with me. Wonderful. So Julie, as I said before, it was an honor to meet you, talk to you again, and just hear your story of empowerment, restoration, and hope. Uh, thank you, Vernica, for having me and allowing me this platform to heal and to be myself and to hopefully heal others as well. Yes, you take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Were you encouraged by Julie's story? I hope so. One thing I have always said on a podcast is that no matter what you go through in life, you can reclaim your voice. And Julie's story is a powerful witness to that. So as always, ladies, now and after, be well and peace out.